Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. It's your host, Josiah Novak. And today, I have an incredibly special guest on the show. Literally 24 hours after the UFC canceled all further events moving forward, I have one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time jumping onto the True Transformation Podcast, Frankie Edgar. And I've been trying to get Frankie on the show for quite some time. He's a former UFC lightweight world champion. Uh, He's beat some incredible fighters, guys like uh, Sean Shirk, Herms Ferranza, BJ Penn, three times actually, Uriah Faber, Cub Swanson, Chad Mendez. Uh, This guy, as of the end of 2019, was the number six UFC featherweight fighter in the world. Uh, He lives in New Jersey. He's got three kids. Uh, He's going to continue fighting. Um, He is going to be pursuing uh, another championship belt. Uh, but this guy is old school, man, hardworking, humble guy, um, former wrestler, hardworking Italian family, um, and uh, has been in the UFC for quite some time. Um, he was on season five of The Ultimate Fighter, uh, and uh, really the rest is history. Um, he has had quite a career. He's been on other big podcasts, he's been on Joe Rogan's show. Uh, I believe a couple times he's been on the Dad Edge podcast. If you're familiar with Larry Hagner, he's been on my show a couple times. Um, but I wanted to get Frankie on because we're in some crazy times, and uh, it's important to talk to people um, who put hard work at the center of their lives, as long with family. Uh, and I know for a lot of you right now, the world is a crazy place, and uh, it's important that we have people to inspire us, right, to help us put our right foot forward, continue on down our path, continue to create things for our family, create things for ourselves. Uh, And Frankie's a great role model on those fronts. So I want to get him on the show. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about him growing up, his fight history, uh, his hardest fight. Uh, We talk about his future plans for fighting. Uh, We talk about the UFC. uh, And we talk about other cool stuff. So get ready. This has been a long time in the works. I was super fan fanboyed out for this one. I'm a huge UFC fan. Uh, so I was super excited and honored to have Frankie Edgar on the show. Without further ado, I want to introduce Frankie Edgar. Welcome to the True Transformation Podcast with your host, me, Josiah Novak. Welcome to the podcast. Here's my daddy, Josiah Novak. All right, man. So, hey, uh, I appreciate you doing this, especially with everything we have going on. Uh, I know we wanted to uh, do this in person, but I'm just glad to have you on the show, man. Yeah, no, uh, you know, happy to be here, you know, virtually, I guess. But, uh, you know, uh, we got to do what we got to do in these times. <laughs> exactly. I, I've been uh, feeling a little bit down, man, because uh, the biggest fight in UFC history was supposed to be coming up here. And I said, but you know what? I, I should be happy, man. I get to interview a former world champ. So I'm freaking, I'm the luckiest guy on the planet right now. If, if you're a UFC <laughs> fan. No, nah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm bummed about that fight too. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I think they're looking for a placement for Tony from what I'm hearing, but uh, I almost hope they just wait. And, and when, when this is all said and done, let them two scrap it out. <laughs> I know, man, it's crazy. I, I would love to see any fight though at this point, because I feel like the whole world would watch and it would be like an instant classic just because of what's going on. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, get all the eyes on us and uh, steal some fans from uh, from all those other sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I personally, it's become my favorite sport. Uh, I I've gotten my friends, my father in law, my boys, my kids love the UFC. It's become like a, a ritual in our house now. A couple times a month to sit down and, and watch the fights. Yeah, you know, uh, it's definitely a, a growing sport. You know, obviously, it's my life, so you know, pretty big in my my world, but. Um, Sure. Yeah, I, I enjoy doing it. It's fun, and I and I can I enjoy seeing you know we're on ESPN now, Fox, you know, in the past as well. So it's definitely again in everyone's home nowadays. What are you doing right now to stay busy? I mean, do you were you in the midst of prepping for anything or, or training anybody? No, I mean I'm just training myself. You know, staying on top, trying to get better. Um, I'm trying to fight in June, by end of June, but uh, you know, now this happened. Who knows what's gonna what 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 that's gonna bring about? But um. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm working out best I can, you know, kind of staying away from everybody, just kind of working out in my basement, hit a bag, hitting a bag, running, lifting mm. weights, trying to stay sane in this this process. <laughs> yeah, so many people, it's, it's funny, I, I talk to people every day, and some people are taking this as an opportunity to get better, right? Like, oh, I got more time, or I'm not going anywhere, and my schedule's like at home, and some people are really down about it, right? How, how would you approach it, or how would you help somebody who's maybe feeling down about what's going on right now, feeling like, ah, shit, you know, hope, all hope is lost. I don't really know what to do. What are your, what's your take on that? You know, I, I think I, like I, uh, you know, you find solace in the fact that we're, we're all in the same boat, you know, it's not like, mm. it's not like I'm, I'm just myself. Like, oh, I can't go out to eat or I can't go hang out with my friends. I'm stuck at home or like, I'm not the only guy on house arrest. We're, we're all on house arrest right now. So <laughs> I'm, at least we're, we're all in the, in the same boat. I guess you can kind of find some uh, unity in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you're a family guy. Are you enjoying spending more time with the family or is this kind of like just normal pr procedure for you since you're kind of doing your own thing anyway? No, I'm definitely, you know, I do have a unique schedule being a fighter. I'm home midday a lot of times and, and, uh, you know, I travel seldomly, but you know, so I'm, I'm home. I'm, I'm always at their events and whatnot. So, uh, to be, uh, it's not that much of a difference, but you know, 24 <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, seven, <it's, laughs> almost two going on two, three weeks now. It's uh, it's definitely a little, little different. So it's cool. Like, but my daughter is the young, my youngest. So I felt like we got a lot closer over this time. You know, my boys are kind of, they're a little bit older, man. They're like doing their thing. And, and uh, you know, we, we have our time. I make them work out every day. Got to, you know, make sure you spend some of that energy. <laughs> yeah, man. That's like the, the, the goal every day when I wake up, let me exhaust my boys. Uh, so that by the end of the day, they're, they're ready to go to bed. <laughs> Otherwise they get the cabin fever, man. It's insane. Yeah, exactly. This is, uh, this is tough. I mean, you know, we, we, it's tough for us. We've been, you know, on the planet a lot longer than these kids. I, I feel like the kids adjust a lot quicker. You mm -hmm. know, they're not used to, this is, you know, three weeks in they're like, yeah, all right, no, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusted <laughs> to it. That's why you got to make sure you stay on. I'm kind of keeping in somewhat of a routine. Absolutely. So I know a lot of my listeners, uh, are UFC fans and some are not. Uh, I, I'm a big fan, but I'm also someone who likes to hear your backstory. I, I want to know how this whole thing started for you. I know you grew up in, in Jersey, but I, I want to hear from you. Like, where did fighting kick off? Where did where'd the whole path start? Uh, you know, I, I wrestled uh, throughout high school and, and college. And uh, I graduated college, and I still wanted to compete. And at the, My senior year was uh, the first year uh, uh, the Ultimate Fighter came out on, on Spike Television. So, you know, I watched that. I've seen some uh, 
uh, some fighters that were on the show actually were in the same conference with me in, in college. So I kind of knew them a little bit. And I was like, hey, well, you know, guys that wrestle or are pursuing this career. I was like, oh, you know, I'll give it a try. I didn't know I was going to do it professionally. I, I just wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to get a couple fights in. I still wanted to compete. So when I graduated college, I found a place, started training. And uh, I mean, I fought, a, I think, a month later. And then um, I kept fighting. I, you know, I, I had a full-time job up until I was uh, my third fight in the UFC. Mm. So, again, I, I didn't know I was going to be a, a fighter per se. You know, this is still kind of early on UFC time. So, uh, you know, I, I still had to pay bills and whatnot and, uh, until I felt uh, I could, you know, take care of myself with just fight career. That's when I decided to do it full-time. Where do you think you got the, the desire to compete and fight? I mean, was it from your dad, your parents? Like, where, where did that come from? Uh, I think just something. In, I, I, I don't know, man. That's tough. I've always mm. been a competitive kid, even before. I started wrestling in seventh grade. But even before that, I, I just felt like I was always a scrappy kid, always very competitive, just the type of kid that wanted to win and, and whatever it was. And uh, that just carried over into wrestling and, and then into fighting as well. Yeah, because I wrestled in high school and uh, I played other sports too. And as a wrestler, like, I know, like, obviously, if you go to the college level and maybe Olympic level, I guess UFC now has kind of made a path for guys, right? If, if you're a good wrestler, you have an opportunity now to actually make a career out of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, back in the day, you pretty much had, it was like, you know, you got to you try out for the Olympics and, and the world team, and you got to be the number one guy every year. And that, that's very tough to do in a sport, yeah. like a combat sport like wrestling. So uh, fighting, you know, you could be top 15 and top 30 in the world and still make a living. Sure. And, um, and, you know, wrestling is such a big part of fighting. It's just, a, it's, it's easy, not an easy transition, but it's a, it's a, it's a smooth transition for a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I aren't most of the world champions, former top wrestlers now, right. Or, or at least the his, historically. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even guys that, you know, George St. Pierre, he didn't really wrestle, you know, grow up grow up wrestling and whatnot but i mean he became a wrestler he trained wrestling that's what he is he's more mm. of a wrestler than anything uh probably one of the best you know takedown artists in the game and uh you know you, if you're not a wrestler you have to learn wrestling so wrestling is such a big part of it yeah i i tell people all the time like wrestling is such a brutal sport <laughs> like i i still have nightmares thinking back to when i wrestled i i got bumped up to varsity when i was a freshman simply because injuries right guys in front of me got hurt so i was thrown into the fire and we wrestled the state champion uh, school. Basically, all their weight classes were state champions for like 10, 11 years in a row. And I remember just getting destroyed, man, like right out of the gate. And, and it was like, thinking back, man, I'm like, that, that was the easiestly the hardest sport or any competition I ever competed in. Just because it's so brutal, man. There's, and everybody's eyes are on you, right? <laughs> so there's, yeah. there's no hiding. Yeah, wrestling's really humbling. You know, it really is. And, and uh you don't have to go far to find someone to get to do that to you. You know what I mean? That's, that's what's great about wrestling. And, and the fact that like you said, it's one-on-one, -on -one, there's no one can't point the finger, can't look to anybody to, to help you out and lean on. It's all, it's all on you. Wins and loss are all on you. That's, that's what I love about wrestling so much. I love it. Yeah. So when you get into the UFC, when did you, when, when did you think, okay, I could actually make something out of this? Like, cause you're working a full-time job, you know, you're, you're fighting in the UFC at the time. I don't know what year this was, but when did, when did it start to go, oh, okay, this, this might be something I do for, for a long time? Uh, yeah, well, once I, once I got into the UFC, I, I believe in 2007, I was 26, I believe, 26 years mm -hmm. old. And, uh, you know, I fought three fights in, in the UFC. I won all three of them. And, you know, I started going up the pay scale a little bit. I think it was my, that was my second contract with, with the UFC organization. And, 
I was like, all right, I think I could, I could do this. Uh, you know, I was in the union as a plumber. My, my, my old man owned a plumbing company. So mm-hmm. I worked for him, um, you know, while, while training, while getting ready for fights. And then finally, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to fight. That's why I didn't really want to be a plumber. Man. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's the definitely harder job than being a fighter. I will, hands down. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, uh, just getting up in the morning, working out in the, in the, in the climate and the weather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just wasn't something I was into. I mean, if I was into it, more passionate about it, I, I may think differently, you know. But, um, yeah, wrestling, or fighting was what I wanted to do. And uh, once I knew I could make enough money to handle the bills and take care of everything, I, I made the transition to full-time. What, do, what are some of the qualities that you say made you a good fighter? Because I know a lot of people think, like, oh, a lot of these guys are just genetic freaks, right? Like, you see – the Anderson Silva's, uh, the John Jones, like these guys are, are superhuman. Uh, but the work ethic, right? What, what do you feel like made you a top fighter early on? Yeah, I mean, well, it's coming from the wrestling background. I had, I had a pretty good wrestling pedigree right away. And uh, wrestling just teaches you how to train the right way and how to, you know, callous your, your mind and body and get you ready for these type of competitions more so than, than maybe some other sports. And um, – you know, you have to have, you have to have mentally, you have to be mentally and physically tough in fighting and wrestling kind of helps you prepare, prepare you for that. So, uh, definitely the work ethic and, and perseverance, you know, just be, being able to, to, you know, maybe not score a takedown one day and, or, or not, you know, or not stop a takedown, something like that. And keep coming back, keep coming back and, and figuring out. Cause, uh, you know, the best guys, uh, fail a lot of times. They just keep coming mm. back. That's, that's, that's the biggest thing. What was your hardest fight, man, that you can remember? Uh, you know, it's uh, – I don't know, man. I, I've had a, so many. Um, <laughs> You've had some battles, ben, for sure. Yeah, so those Benson-Henderson fights were tough. The Aldo fights were tough. Uh, it's always the last loss is the toughest <laughs> one, man, you know? <laughs> Yeah, how do you bounce back from that, man? Because you've had so many amazing victories, and you've had tough losses too. But you keep coming back. I think you fought, what, on average twice a year, right, for like the past however many years it's been. Yeah, yeah, I've been pretty consistent about uh, two times a year. Sometimes I like to try to get in there sooner, but it's the way it works out. It seems to be two times a year. Um, yeah, you know, you just bounce back because I mean, what else are we going to do, man? This is, mm. this is what, I, what I chose to do. Uh, and, uh, like, like I, you know, it's a, you, you may be able to beat me, but you can't break me, you know. So, you know, you fall down seven times, get up eight. That's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> how has being a great fighter made you a, a good father? Uh, you know, well, fighting, there's ups and downs in fighting. There's ups and downs being a father, you know, just the emotions and uh, and having a game plan, I guess, too. Game plans, uh, you know, you need a game plan to go into fighting. You need a game plan to be, to kind of handle your kids sometimes. And especially when you have multiple kids, you know, three, uh, a lot of different personalities in the house. Um, and it's almost like, you know, uh, how I think how my coaches coach me into maybe how I coach my kids in a sense. Because when you're parenting your kid, you're, you're in a sense, you're kind of coaching them a little bit. So, uh, you know, I kind of try to take some things I learned from those guys and apply it at home. Yeah, I mean, I know with my kids, like, it's, it's trying to make sure that the energy that they have is not suffocated, right? Like, I don't want them to stop. <laughs> but I also right. don't want them to kill each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's that fine line with, with them. Um, yeah, you you got to kind of let them play it out a little bit, I guess, sometimes, you know, and sometimes you got to be able to ready, be ready to step in. <laughs> Do you let your kids uh, watch all your fights and all that stuff? Yeah, I uh, my, my my boys watch them. Uh, they're they're a little bit older now, like yeah. eleven and nine. So, um, uh, my my son came to my last my my son came to my one 
in July, my last title fight. My one son came and let him come into that one. Then my other kids came to, uh, to one when I was in Jersey uh, about a year and a half ago. Yep. So those are the first ones they came to recently. But before that, they would watch them usually uh, the next day, not live. Yeah, that's because I my son wants to watch. He's only five, <laughs> yeah, so he'll yeah. he'll sneak on the YouTube right and and he'll be watching like Khabib is his hero, man. I don't even like know how it happened, but Khabib is like his guy. So today I told him I was like, yeah, I'm interviewing Frankie Edgar. He's an awesome fighter. Uh, and he's like, oh my god, are you have to fight him? <laughs> I was like, no, nah, man, no. I, I want to I survive the coronavirus. I don't want to. I don't want to die today. That's like, funny. That's he loves funny. it, man. He he copies all the moves, but it, then I'm like, well, I don't want to stop him from loving it, right? Because at the end of the day, he's going to love what he's going to love, and I love it, right? So I'd be a hypocrite to tell him to stop. But I also have to, like, have that fine line because his younger brother is the opposite, right? He wants to just be artistic and, like, do his own thing, and he's gentle, and the older one is not, man. He's like a freak right. of nature. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, my, my kids all – my kids are so different, my, my boys especially uh, – my older, he's kind of more laid back, kind of relaxed, not 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 really into the sports as much. And my middle guy, he's into wrestling, wants to fight, wants to watch, wants to talk about it. Yeah. And my daughter's kind of in between, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, a little <laughs> little mixture of everything. Yeah, we need we need that balance. We need a girl to kind of even these two out, man, because these two are like savages twenty four seven. And the younger one now is like, all right, I guess I got to step my game up because I'm just gonna get slaughtered every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the fight for survival. They figured that out real quick. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. So moving into like your next phase of your career, where do you see yourself now? Like, I mean, cause you've accomplished a lot. What else is out there that you still want to go after? You know, uh, I st I'm going down, I'm going to go down a weight class. I'm going down to uh, 135. Um, mm. Again, I, I was trying to fight. I was trying to go down. Uh, I was trying to fight in June. Uh, we started talking to some opponents and whatnot, but um you know, obviously this whole coronavirus pandemic has kind of threw a monkey wrench and everything. So, sure. you know, but that's, you know, my goal is to go down 35, win some fights and, and, you know, try to fight for that title one more time. Uh, I, I, you know, I know uh, I'm getting a little long in the tooth, you know, and, uh, and age kind of does matter in this sport, but uh, I do still feel good. I still feel, uh, you know, I can compete with the best guys in the world. So, you know, my goal is to, to go out there, you know, take it one fight at a time at 35 and kind of, you know, get a fresh start down there. Who, who's uh, the champ at 35? Is that Cejudo? Cejudo's the champ at 35, yep. Yeah, I, I'll say, man, I can't stand him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, is that on purpose? Like, is he like – Yeah, it is. It's all yeah. phony. You know, we had, we had, so he, he's, we've had some words, but uh, we're managed by the same guy. He's, it's oh, all, right. It's all an act. It's all, you know, once I figured it's all an act, you don't bother me too much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just – yeah, like, but somebody like you would be a better champ just because you, you have – uh, kind of the balance between like, okay, this guy whooped the shit out of me, but also like your humble guy too, your family guy, likable guy, right? Like you got these guys who like Cejudo who, yeah, I guess they have to, right? To make money, they have to be this larger than life personality. But at some point it's like, man, this is just so corny, man. Like I wish you would just cut it out. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone's trying to follow that Connor suit and, mm. uh, and he's the best at it. He's actually entertaining. He kind of, you know, makes you laugh or, he says some outlandish stuff that, that gets a lot of press and uh, these guys try to do the same, but they're just not as good at it as him. So <laughs> it's, it seems forced. And, and I think Henry, he, he realized that Cejudo and he even calls himself, he's the king of cringe, you know? So he, he's kind of even mm. playing into it now. So, so to me, it's just an act. He's a character like on a TV show. <laughs> totally, man. And I, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because uh, a lot of people are taking heat right now, or a lot of the UFC's taking heat for trying to put on 
a fight right in the midst of this uh, coronavirus. I'm all for it. I think, man, if you got an opportunity to fight, you should do it. But I was talking to a friend the other day and I wanted to ask you about this because I know like when people think all these fighters, you know, they make a lot of money, they're, they're rich, all this stuff, right? But there's a lot that goes into getting ready for a fight, right? There's a lot of people you ultimately have to pay and keep on your, your payroll and, and shell out money for different things. These guys, when they fight, they don't ultimately walk away with all of the purse, right? They have to shell things out. So when, when there's an opportunity to fight, sometimes this is like their only fight or maybe one of two fights they might have every year, so they got to do it, right? Would, would you say that trying to make this fight happen isn't just for entertainment, it's ultimately for people's livelihoods? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's definitely for entertainment on the promotion side, uh, but they also know that these guys need money and these guys have bills to pay, so they're trying to give them the opportunity to, to, to make money and pay for these bills. And the fact that we're getting so much flack, I mean, you know, we're fighters. What do you expect from us? You know, mm. we're, we're, of course we're going to fight. We already put ourselves in harm's way. We kind of know what's at stake. We're good. You ask any fighter, pretty much any fighter, they're going to say, yeah, I'm going to fight. And, you know, you have people that are working in the food industry that are still able to work that, 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 and, and make money. And I know it is for food for, for people in, in this, in this, you know, situation. And obviously that's a necessity, but you know, these people have the opportunity you know, they're putting themselves at risk too. They could probably stay home, but they have bills they want to pay and they, you know, they're paying them. Um, you know, I say it's like, you know, if, if you have the opportunity to pay money or to, to make money, pay your bills so your kids can eat and you don't have to worry about it, or you don't have that opportunity or, or mm-hmm. you know, opportunity not to, and you pick the other one, I feel like that's a little bit of a coward move, man. Go take care of your family if you can. So yeah. lay off the fighters, lay off the fighters. Of course we're going to fight. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I always say, look, to buy food, you have to have money, right? I mean, this isn't like a bartering system, right? You know, we don't show up and I hand over a shirt or something and get a a potato back. (laughs) Like I gotta, I gotta make money. And these fighters, this is their livelihood. And and ultimately too, it's the one sport that's one of the mainstream sports now that is only, you know, is under 10 people in the room, right? I mean, you got basketball, which five on five, and then you got coaches and stuff. You can't, you can't do that. Same with baseball, nine guys on the field, right? So right now, that's the only fight that really falls under the social distancing guidelines, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, a couple guys in the corner. Yeah. Two guys in a cage, a referee. And then you don't even need judges. Judges can uh, judge it from like a, like a telecast or something, watching it out of the building. Yeah, let, let the fans judge, man. We're better judges. Yeah, yeah, this is true, yeah. This is true. Let's flip it all around. <laughs> right. I mean, these – well, not to go down a rabbit hole, but like the judging in UFC over the past – couple of years has just been atrocious, man. Like I'm almost scared to watch the fights now because I'm like, man, I don't want to get pissed off because the judges continuously screw things up. Yeah, no, it's, it's tough. I, I feel like I've been on the, the bad end of some, some, you know, judge decisions and uh, it's just unfortunate, you know, you, you think it would get better throughout the years and it, it doesn't seem like it's really happened. I don't know if they need like a whole reform to change like the way it goes. I, I just don't know what the answer is for it really. Um, I think they should I, just employ former fighters. Yeah, I think that yeah, I think that that's going to happen. And you know, as the sport goes on, there'll be more people that grew up watching the sport and and participating in it and training in it. And um, you know, and, and the more that we get that, the more more experience they have at judging fights, I believe. Yeah. No, it's crazy, man. Um, back to your career though. So like, is there anybody out there that you definitely want to fight? Obviously the champion, right? You want to get back to being champ, but is there anybody out there you're like, "Man, I really would like to just throw it down with this guy?" Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, everyone, me and Dominic Cruz were fighting. Everyone's always been talking about for a long mm-hmm. time. You know, I, he was the champ at 35 when I was a champ at, at 55. So, uh, you know, um, that, that could be a fight that's interesting. But, you know, for me, it's always the champion. 
that's yeah. the guy I'm gunning for. I don't really call anybody's name unless it's for the title. So, you know, I know I got a little work cut out for me, but, uh, you know, that, that, that's eventually where I want to go. Suhudo, you know, smacked that, that silly guy around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, one thing too, my, I've had a, a bunch of questions come in from people that are in my audience uh, that want to know if certain things about you, you fought in a few different weight classes. Um, how, how have you managed that, man? Like, where do you walk around every day? And then ha- how is it cutting down and then going back up? Yeah, I'm walking around probably like 56, 57 right now. So when I fought at 55, um, I really, I was probably 53 when I fought at 55, I'd oh, cut wow. zero eight. And then uh, I've been down at 45 for uh, the last uh, geez, six years, I think. And um, I, uh, again, I, I cut 10 pounds, you know, week of the fight, probably seven pounds. So oh, wow. I don't really cut too, too much. I probably fight at 155. I know a lot of 45ers, pounders, I think fight nights are they're quite a bit heavier. So even at 35, I don't think at 35 I'll be the biggest guy or, or cut the most weight. I think there's a lot of guys that are that cut, you know, substantially more. So, you know, going up and down, I just, I'm always the same. I just cut a little bit and come back to 55 for the most part. Yeah, so is there not that big a difference in fighter, like, between those three weight classes? I feel like – I mean, it just seems when you watch it on TV, they're like just such a big size difference. But then I see you fight. I'm like, ah, it doesn't really mean – it doesn't seem like that much of a difference. Yeah, no, so I think, too, when I fought in a lightweight in the past, the guys weren't as big. Um, you know, now the guys, the guys are getting bigger and bigger. Even at that featherweight when I first went down, now, guy, you know, Holloway's a pretty big dude. Uh, that guy Volkanowski, I think he comes down. Oh, he, used yeah. to be a two, he used to be like a 230-pound guy for something playing insane. rugby, so – so these guys are all big. Even the 35-pounders, I hear some of them come down from 75, which is, uh, you know, quite a bit. That's insane, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Volonowski or whatever his name is, like I, I saw a picture of him when he was, you know, I mean, I'm only 215. And I'm like, but this guy's like, I don't know how tall he is. I'm like 6'2 almost, so he's not that tall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's no, he, he's, he's about he's about my height. I'm 5'6", man. So 220 or 240 at 5'6", it's a big guy. Man. That's crazy, man. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about your family. What, what do you, what would you consider your values as a family man, as a fighter? Like, what do you, how do, how do you lead your family? What are some of the things you put on top of your value list? Uh, you know, just, just respect, respect, like, uh, the people around you and self-respect too. And self-respect is a lot how you present yourself, what kind of character, you know, I always tell my kids, you know, you, you, you kind of, you always have your name on your back, you know, like when we're, when we, when you're in a, a Jersey, you have Edgar across your back, but you know, people mm-hmm. know who you are in your town. So your name's always across your back. So, you know, always present yourself with character, always be respectful and, and care about yourself and, and respect yourself. Cause if you respect yourself, most likely you're going to do the right thing. Would you, would you be okay if your boys wanted to become a fighter? Yeah. Like I said, my middle guy says he wants to, I told him that I probably rather not do that you know <laughs> why um, not why why not what would be like the down downside uh, you know i don't know man I, you know as i get older I, you know you, you get it's just, the sport's not easy on you it's not easy on your body and um but like but i wanted to do this i love doing this i don't regret doing it at all yeah yes that's that's what i kind of said though i said i i maybe not want you to do this but if you want to do it and you are 100 percent about it i'm going to support him of course Sure. Just because I, you know, like I said, the reason I don't regret anything because I love doing this. I want to do this. If he feels that same way, then all right, we're all in. I'm all in with you. Would there be anything you'd change going back, maybe just for health reasons, like anything you would do differently to preserve more of your body or your or your health uh, that you have now? Yeah, I think I, I would have uh, did a little more, um, you know, just uh, re- like rehabbing my, my mm-hmm. body. Uh, I'm, you know, even nowadays, I, I don't do it as much as I should. 
but I definitely do it more than I did in the past, you know, uh, stretching and just taking care of injuries. I always jump back in probably a little too soon sometimes, but, uh, you know, that's part, probably part of the reason I, I am the way I am though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause it's that fine line, right? Like people want to be champ, right? They want to be good. They want to be elite. And sometimes it takes that, right? Like we, it takes jumping in a little bit too soon because you have an opportunity, right? I mean, you don't want to squander something that only comes around once every so often. Uh, and, and even if it is a little quote unquote too soon, it's a champion's mindset to get after it. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, in, in all sports, but especially fight sports, you know, um, your, your window's short, your window's short to, to capitalize on it. And, you know, um, you got to, like you said, you, you got to, you got to jump on those opportunities when they present themselves. And that's why, you know, I try to stay consistent, always fight, you know, for the most part and always be in the gym. And I think the fact that I didn't take time off and, you know, sit between injuries and whatnot and always stay in the gym kind of gave me the longevity that I have in my career, you know, being, being on top for, for so many years. Sure. So the audience, this is mostly a fitness podcast, believe it or not. <laughs> we don't talk a lot of fitness stuff, but because, you know, honestly, it's, it's a lot of boring stuff most of the time. But this time I'd say it's a little different because you're the first UFC fighter to ever be on the show. Um, what is your routine? So let's, let's break down kind of like your off season and then how you get into a, a prep for a fight. What, what does that look like? How do you build out your, your workout routine? Yeah, my, my off season and my, my, camp season kind of looks somewhat similar because like i said I, I stay in the gym uh i just when i'm in camp i make sure i don't miss my practices so if my practices are two days a week sometimes three and 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 a practice on, on the weekend like on a, on a saturday like i make sure i don't miss any of those during fight camp mm. uh, out of fight camp i'll miss one here and there let my body rest or you know maybe go do something with my family because you don't want to kind of drill yourself 100 percent all the time that's kind of tough to do yeah, so when you're practicing, are you doing just fight-specific stuff or do you do, like, strength training, conditioning? What does that look like? Yeah, yeah I do all, everything. So I'll do a, a jiu-jitsu practice a couple days a week. I'll do a wrestling practice a couple days a week. I'll spar two days a week. And then strength and conditioning two days a week as well. Mm. And, then pad, and then I'll do pad work, as, uh, like, three days a week too. Got so it. They all mix up, you know, more, usually morning and evening or morning and afternoon session. Sometimes I'll do three when I have to fit it in. And uh, on Saturday, sometimes I'll do one. Got it. And when you're prepping for a fight, uh, do you bring in people that mimic uh, the fighter that you're getting ready for? Or are you like just, you know, guys in your gym that can do something with you to kind of prep you for that specific fighter? How does that work? Yeah, well, uh, early in my career, I used to bring guys in quite a bit, you know, getting ready for certain opponents. Uh, but now I built up my team where we have a pretty, pretty extensive team where a lot of guys I can get, I can get styles through different guys on my team now. So for mm -hmm. the most part, uh, they're just in camp with me. Um, and we have a lot of guys training from Dagestan that come here. Guys from, uh, from, uh, uh, California come out here too, as well, Ohio. So, you know, when they're in camp and, and we have a full force, I usually have what I need for, for, for my fights. Got it. So in terms of your nutrition, would you say you're big on nutrition or do you kind of just go, eh, I eat healthy, kind of stick to what I can, or are you big into like those finer details? Yeah, I'm not a huge detail guy. Um, I, I'm not a big eater. That helps me out. It's not, you know, <laughs> nice. it's not really a big eater. You're you know? Italian so, and you're not a big eater, man. That's great. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, I discount my whole life. But um, I'm, a, I'm a mover, you know. If I, if on certain days, I have a cup of coffee in the morning and I'll, I'll look at my watch and be like, damn, it's 3 o'clock. I didn't eat anything yet, you know. Oh, so, wow. uh, but – 
you know, I, but I do try to eat clean. So that for, for that part, and my wife, she's pretty into to nutrition and, and eating healthy. And, and I, so I kind of just leave it in our hands. Yeah, it's, it's solid, man. Um, anything else you do like to prep for a fight? Do you kind of like mental conditioning or anything like meditation, anything outside the norm? Uh, you know, I don't do a formal meditation, but, uh, I'm in my, I'm in my head all day long. Anyway, as a fighter, I feel like you got to, you're in your head a lot, you know, whether you're going for when you're on a run in the shower, sometimes going to, for driving a car, I'm definitely in my head quite a bit. And I think that's kind of like my, my moments for, for meditation. Um, I haven't really gotten into like formal, you know, meditation before I've tried it here and there, but nothing yeah. too consistent. Yeah, I can't get into it, even though I'm a fitness guy, man. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough. It's tough. Like I said, like when, when I'm forced to, to, you know, stay when like in the shower or driving your car, you can't be, you know, distracted. You kind of get stuck in my head. I'll make you know, turn that, turn that radio off and just ride the vibe for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you're. I mean, this this whole quarantine thing is forcing people to be in their own heads for once. You know, they don't have all the distractions, all the work stuff coming at them, the people and all that they have just themselves. <laughs> no, exactly. And, I, and, and it's, it's helping you almost in a sense, kind of like a meditative state. You got to realize we can't go nowhere, man. This is kind of yeah. like a, I get, I'm, I'm imagine this is what jail is a little bit like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there's actually former convicts that I, I follow that are, you know, big right now because of this whole thing, they're talking about how like, Hey man, I did 10, 15 years. Like this is nothing, right? This yeah, is, well, yeah. And plus, they didn't have in the bucket. TV and the internet and all that stuff either. <laughs> we have it good. I'm almost like this is all right, you know, as long as you can make a little money and keep your family right. going and that kind of stuff. Like this isn't all that bad, man. Yeah, no, no. I, I keep telling my wife today how, how lucky we are. Where, you know, I, my, my, I don't, I don't get paid weekly and worry about a weekly paycheck. You know, I, I probably wouldn't have fought until June anyway. And right, you know. uh, I don't own, I don't have tenants that I have to worry about that not paying me. There's just a lot of situations where a lot of people are in some, uh, some dire, dire, uh, situations, you know, and that, that's sad. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. No, I consider myself one of the lucky ones. Um, cause I can still do my job and I can still show up and hang out with my family and all that stuff, man. And I don't have to go out and risk my life every day, uh, doing stuff that a lot of these people have to do. So we're, we're in a solid spot. Um, do you ever get nervous before a fight or do you still get nervous? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, like different, like the nerves are different, I guess, or not different. I'm just so used to them now, mm. but, um, yeah, I know how to like kind of hold, hold them off. Like I, I used to get nervous. As soon as I heard I was fighting, I would get nervous that day. I'd, anytime, anytime I thought about the guy, I'd get nervous. And now I, I don't really get nervous till, till I want to. And, you know, I don't think about the guy at all. I mean, when I'm training, I do, cause that's when you have to, you know, think about the guy, but, um, mm. You know, as far as leading up to the fight, you know, once I once I get out there, you start getting in the mode, but not until fight day is when I get locked in. Mm. So you got a podcast now, man. I want to talk about that for a second. What's your podcast about? What what do you what do you talk about? Who do you uh, who do you do it with? And and how often do you do it? Yeah, my podcast is uh, Champ and the Tramp with uh, Roger Matthews. Um, I don't know if you know Roger Matthews from He's, New Jersey uh, Short, yeah, Jersey Shore yeah. fame. Yeah, um, me and Roger go back, you know. Quite a, except back 2005, we, we got to know each other. This is even before he was on the Jersey Shore. He's a, actually a Tom's River guy, a local guy. Um, mm. He moved here and, and, you know, I got to know him. And then he they started dating Jay Wow and married her, had a couple kids. They now are divorced. But, uh, yeah, we, you know, been doing this podcast for about, a, you know, a little over a couple months now. Um, we drop an episode every Monday. It's, it's nothing for him. We just have some fun. We have some guests. Uh, have a have a have a drink or two sometimes when we're doing nice. it. You know, 
shoot the shit kind of uh, a bunch of a bunch of uh, you know we're very curious and don't know anything so it's funny it's funny <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect I love that man what are you gonna do after you're done fighting do you know um, I'll stay involved in fighting forever in wrestling I, I own a wrestling school mm. um, with with a partner um, I'm involved with a couple UFC gyms in, in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, so I'll definitely stay involved in that capacity. Um, I'll probably most likely help my manager out as well in the managing capacity as, to, as well. Awesome, man. Dude, it's been a pleasure having you on my show, dude. I, I, I know with all of the stuff going on and all the craziness that it's easy to, like, have so much going on or, or don't want to do anything. <laughs> so I appreciate you jumping on, man. It's been a pleasure. No, thanks for having me. Definitely good to kind of get away for a little bit and uh, talk some shop. Yeah, man. Where can people connect with you if they want to get on your pot or listen to your podcast or just connect and see what you have going on? Yeah, you know, Champion the Tramp is on everything, YouTube, Spotify, podcast app, uh, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Um, Champion the Tramp on Instagram and Frank Yeager on everything. Just, you know, shout me out. Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Awesome, brother. Man, I appreciate you doing it. Huge fan of yours. My kids are going to be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, that's cool. Uh, good luck with the boys and uh, stay safe during these times, my man. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you for listening to the True Transformation Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to the show. True Transformation.